0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we we're very lucky because my new friend Nick Swinburne is in on the show. Nick, how are you, brother? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being here. I-, I wanted to start this off. Uh, I'm curious because we're now we're now working a little bit together on your new app and platform, Vover. Um, But I want to go way back. When did you get that first business, you know, inclination to dive into something, whether it be a company or just something random entrepreneurial when you were younger?
1: Yeah, I'd say, um, I mean, I collected cards uh, since I was, I was born in England. I moved in 1980 when I was seven and I was collecting stickers then. So I've been collecting since I was pretty young, Um, but it was probably seventh grade there was a class called uh, student leadership. I think it was called. No, not student leadership. I don't know what it was called, but basically you could start stuff. And I thought this was the greatest class ever, right? Like you, I put on a tennis tournament and you'd go around to the local businesses and get a, get sponsors, you know, just get a big piece of uh, butcher paper and just paint like their logo in exchange for providing tennis balls or whatever it was. There was a, you could start a bike club. I started a, so I started the bike club and on the first day there was a big pile up. So that was over. But, oh, yeah. um, Yeah, I remember the teacher saying, like, um, you know, everyone has the same opportunity here, and the whole point of this class is to like start stuff. And I think I might have been the only person, you know. So it was like, okay, I got that. I've got that uh, willingness to put myself out there. Actually, in sixth grade, there was a, you know, everyone has the, uh, you know, everyone has the option to write a book, right? You can write a book and it'll be displayed at some convention center with all the kids from the whole area. And I just wrote a dumb one, like baseball trivia. Right. So not dumb, but it was, it was what I was into and it was relatively easy. Yeah. It wasn't like I was, but right. I remember that teacher saying, telling uh, my best friend at the time was, was smarter, better grades and uh, telling him, you know, you're so worried about making everything perfect. Like you should be doing that. You should be writing a book and putting it in this thing, but you're worried about making it perfect. Look at Nick. He's just, he's just willing to do it and put it out there. So I think those were probably the ones where I look back and realize, uh, you know, and that comes from, you know, my parents created a real stable encouraging environment so i was you know i was like, encouraged to try things and i was for whatever reason instilled in me that like oh well like if it doesn't work like you know it's it's fun like you know that's right. what you want to do so that's my that was my that was my earliest inkling of those I kind love of things that.
0: that that sort of class should exist now i've never there's no entrepreneurial you know or entrepreneurship yeah. class in high schools or middle schools today No, there should be I don't remember
1: what it's called. I remember the teacher's name. I think the teacher's name was Mr. Connor's, but I don't remember um what it was called, but it was something along the leadership or something. Oh, and it was shout like a out Mr.
0: Connor's it was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you mentioned uh getting into sports cards and I I want to get to that later, but um you did go to college, right? Yeah, uh UC Santa Barbara. And now in today's entrepreneurial climate, we've had this conversation off air, but would you do that again? Would you go the exact same route if you had been, you know, 18 today?
1: Um, I don't it depends, I guess it depends what, I, what angle I was coming from, right? So at the time, I was fortunate, I was, um, you know, my parents were, were willing to pay for college for me. So it was like, I didn't have that decision of like, is this, is the student loan, worth the future risk. Um, I was just thinking like, this is what's next, right? You're supposed to apply to college and you go to college. Um, I think at that time, what I was interested in was socializing and like, uh, I didn't want that to stop. You know, like the idea at that point of like having to enter the real world or there wasn't social media, there wasn't like all this kind of like, uh, I mean, we're not even using the internet. I mean, I got my first email address when I was leaving college. And you had to go to the library to use the damn thing. We were using word processors, right? But like, so there wasn't that, there wasn't that idea that like, it was as attainable to do. Kind of like just start doing whatever you wanted. Um, it just seemed like this progression. So when I went to college, I went in with the idea that I have no idea what I want to do, um, but this is the next step, and I just wanted to have fun. Um, when I look back on it, I don't have any connection. I didn't have a connection um, as far as like you know, like you have seen a movie, I didn't have like some teacher that like, got the most out of me. And I built this long relationship. I didn't Mr. suddenly honors. <laughs> yeah, I didn't suddenly <laughs> find my passion. Um, but I did, you know, I did kind of learn to be on your own. I think it was kind of a it replaced, um, you know, college replaced family as like the stability where like if you fail a class you're still in college if you try this and it doesn't work you're still in college i got kicked out of the dorms but i'm still in college i think you know so it's like you learn these lessons good or bad that like um everything that doesn't go right isn't final you know you still have a chance to keep moving and so when i i didn't realize at the time but when i looked back and i tried to figure out like what did i get out of college it was mostly that but as far as now I, i don't think i could i think i'm too impatient uh I don't have a long enough attention span. I think I'd be like, I want to do this now. Um, you know, I was in college. I did start a business. Um, it was called swimmer and collectibles, which my dad was like, why, why did you put our name on this thing? Um, (laughs) and that started from, you know, uh, you know, I was worked odd jobs, um, like delivery jobs and stuff, stuff like that. But I was like, uh, I would go back to my house and be like, Oh, do do I still have these baseball cards? And I'd, I'd sell them right when I needed money. And then when I started to, um, get more of them I'd, I'd go to local shows and um, like get a table and, and, and sell cards and then eventually I'd run out of cards I didn't have that many cards and I wasn't up to date on the current cards so I was just kind of selling what I had so I um, had a friend in the great a great painter in the art department i was like could you paint a can you paint a picture of Jason Kidd he just got drafted by the Mavericks so he painted it for me it looked great so I turned it into lithographs and I started going to the shows um selling lithographs because so, I, I actually in between there i started buying autograph photos and then everyone had the same photos and i was just so caught up in the hype of like selling something i didn't even really care if i was making a profit i mean it wouldn't it wouldn't have phased me or been that weird for me to buy something for 20 bucks and sell it for 15 and be like yes i sold it i just liked that i'm, I'm the exact feeling. same way
0: the thrill <laughs> is, is
1: everything yeah but i so i started i wanted something different than no one else had so I these lithographs and eventually um you know it was fun but it, it was a uh, it wasn't i didn't see it as a career so i just when i got out of college i i figured i want to work in sports when i applied to college i, I was a film major just because i went through it and i was like i don't know what i want to do film journalism film journalism that sounds so whatever whatever one of the options were i um i checked off and santa barbara just ended up being film but yeah, it was fun i don't know i, don't, I don't, like uh, my son's 12 and um, right now he says he has no plans to go to college but we'll see what happens like he might um you know he, he might want to
0: at that point so I don't know if colleges are going to exist by the time he's 18. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Some, <laughs> Some of them I mean, might not though. Some of them might if it's not. Distance, yeah. If it's distance
1: learning, I'm pretty sure he's not going to want to just like, he's going to be like, wait, why would I do that? There's a whole world in front of me. Um, right. And if I'm going to be on, if I'm going to be online. I think there's things I could figure out at a much faster pace and tailored to exactly what I'm interested in than, than sitting through a lecture.
0: Right. Also, I think the big misconception is you learn no matter where you are. You don't have to be sitting in a classroom to learn. You could be sitting in an office or sitting in a meeting and learn twice as much as you would in the classroom. So box like the idea of learning into a school classroom that you pay for, I think is the biggest misconception for people.
1: Yeah. Well, especially now, I mean, it's crazy. It feels like I must've lived like when, I mean, actually it was when I was a kid. Some of the t- shows we watched, we watched Leave it to Beaver. It was black and white. But um, like, <laughs> you know, there was encyclopedia salesman that would come around and your, your parents would get talked into buying the encyclopedia. And like, okay. you know, and it would come, here's our, I think it was alphabetical. Here's your 26 editions. And that was how you'd, you'd open them and you'd be like, oh, wow. And you'd read about history and stuff like, which seems so crazy. So your your options for like what you could discover on your own, other than just reading and reading were were so much more limited than what they are now. So that was, I think, played a role in it of like, well, how would I, now it's clear how you could how you could get, you educate yourself or, or learn more about any topic. Back then it was a little more complicated. Me I mean, you'd go to the, I guess you'd go to the library and you'd dive into the Dewey decimal system and try to find a book. <laughs> so, but no, it's fascinating. Now with the videos, oh, yeah. Man. Now you can just have someone make a video explaining something to you and it's like, it just it's it's insane I think my head would have exploded if I was uh I was growing my head, my head still explodes at this age um so I would imagine if I was younger and anything was possible you know, I would just be like I wouldn't know what to do with myself
0: so. <laughs> yeah definitely are you are you a believer that you know knowledge is just the most valuable thing ever and and knowledge is also you know a form of power in that in that sense uh I don't think, I, if I was smarter,
1: I think I would say yes. Um, I have like a, like, I don't, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I, I I still don't quite know how much I retain, right? How much knowledge I retain. Like sometimes I'll be saying something and I'll be like, huh, I didn't, you know, now that I'm articulating it, it kind of makes sense. I didn't know I knew that or I didn't put two and two together, but I would, um, I guess I guess my hope would be no, because I, I don't think I have that much knowledge. And so I would be like, yeah, really depressed. <laughs> Let's see, like I can't, uh, yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would, uh, I've definitely never walked into a room and thought I was the smartest person in the room. And so, um,
0: there, man. that's a good yeah.
1: thing.
0: <laughs> definitely. Yeah.
1: I've like, known people that were, and they, and they probably were. Um, and it's just a totally different, a totally different mindset. You know, I've joked with them, like, I don't get it. Like, you guys literally walk into any room you walk into, you are absolutely convinced you're the smartest person. That is so
0: foreign to me. Um, Well, obviously, they're in the wrong rooms. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Um, So fast forward now to uh, the beginning of Zappos. I used to buy my shoes on Zappos when I was growing up, which is when I was probably seven through 12, I'd imagine.
1: It just occurred to me that Zappos probably was, you were probably born the same year that uh, Zappos was founded, aren't you, like 20?
0: uh, Yeah, 2000.
1: Okay, so Zappos was 99, so we just... So you're slightly yeah. younger than zappos
0: that's i mean that's, slightly
1: older slightly older than zappos
0: that's crazy wait if zappos is 99 then i'm, you're I'm younger yeah yeah one younger that's crazy man so how how did that begin was that uh you know your brain child did you ever see it becoming what it was or was it another entrepreneurial hack that ended up doing great how, how did that begin it was just one of a
1: one of a few ideas so i was um after college, I went and worked uh, for the San Diego Padres, and I got to the end of the season. And I was just, i was in like a group sales uh, kind of role. And I looked around and I thought, like, "What's the opportunity here?" The opportunity is like people are going to stay here a long time. Jobs aren't going to open up. I applied for a job in the PR department. I went in totally unprepared, did hadn't even read. You know, they're like, "All you got to do, basically, you're from within. You're recommended. All you got to do is fill out this, uh, write a press release, and you, and basically, job's yours." Well, I for some reason had never thought about that or taking the time to read any of the press releases prior to the interview. So I didn't get the job. So I thought I could kind of see like I know what I'm gonna be doing here. And there's not gonna be as much opportunity. I don't know what opportunity I want, but I know that there's not gonna be enough for me here. So I should move back to the Bay Area. And I got I looked in the paper, and I got a job at a company called AutoWeb. And AutoWeb was um, you know, you'd you'd fill out a form saying, hey, I want to get a you know a Toyota Tundra and they would sell, sell your information to five dealers, they'd all call you. And I went to the interview, um and the founder was like either a year older or a year younger than me. there was like only ten employees. everyone seemed so excited, and I was like, "Wow, and I got the job uh customer service, and then I eventually moved into uh, like marketing but i um this light bulb went off like wait like you know you've seen this you've been told there's this path in this progression, you know college, and then you, and you work your way up and and these guys seemed to be jumping the line you know and I remember one of the first days the sales guys were all fired up because I mean their job was basically give something away and get paid for as a sale but they um <laughs> they talked about this company amazon amazon had just gone public i was like what's amazon and they're like oh it's crazy we're gonna do the same thing we're gonna go public too and i was like Man, this is like a little bit overwhelming i try to figure out what's going on here but i um so that opened my eyes so i started looking around at like what's what's possible um and i was looking for a pair of shoes one day and they didn't have them and i walked around a couple other stores in the mall and i couldn't find them and i was like maybe i should make a the auto web of shoes right where someone will say here's a shoe i want and we'll say okay here's a shoe store that, ha- that has them that was a basic idea um and then but i had a bunch of ideas i was going to start a company called forstudents.com so when i actually left and that was going to be like yahoo yahoo was the biggest thing at the time and i'm like i'll have this site with all these links and you have to have a student email address and all the student deals and all this stuff um which i think is the only weird thing about college is you're in a rush to get out and as soon as you get out you're in a rush to get back in you know like you like <laughs> but the um so i when i when i left auto i still remember Pyam, um, the founder was like pulled everyone together and goes hey nick's gonna leave He's got a million dollar idea. And it, was, it wasn't shoes, everyone thinks, was, Zappos was called a shoe Everyone thinks it was that, it wasn't, it was four students. He's always gonna start this for this student portal. Um, So I actually put, I, uh, Buddy Ken, who we recently just started a um, a couple years ago, we're uh, two of the three co-founders of a company Green Park, uh, Green Park Sports. He, I met him at Ottawa, And so uh, he helped me mock up this, this JPEG basically of like, this is what the homepage would look like. And I don't remember, I think I reached out to a company, Student Advantage in Boston because um, they would like a student discount card. And I said, hey, I'm launching this thing. Long story short, they said, well, why don't you fly out to Boston? And they basically said, hey, we'll hire you. We'll, um, we'll hire you to build out the student portal. We'll give you an office on the BU campus. You can hire 12 students or whatever it was. I took the job. I flew home, told my parents. I'm like, what? Like, well, hold on. Like, you quit AutoWeb. Um, just short of vesting, mind you. And you <laughs> did that because you had to start your own thing. The first person that you spoke to offered you probably, I mean, I was making like probably 15 bucks an hour at AutoWeb, 30, 30 grand a year salary. And these guys probably offered me like 32,000, you know, and like, and options maybe one day. And it was like, they like, so you're going to move to Boston now and build this thing that you had to build for yourself, for someone else, for the same pay you were getting at the company you just left. And I was like, well, now you say it that way doesn't sound as appealing so I told him hey you know I'm not going to take the job there you know they and uh and my dad was I thought that shoe idea was pretty good I was like yeah you're right so the next day I just went down to a shoe store took a camera I said hey can I take pictures of these shoes um and if someone I'm going to put a website if someone you know uh, orders it I'll buy it from you and he's like I can't give you a discount I'm like I don't need a discount I just need to know that you know I have shoes to sell so he humored me and said okay yeah go ahead um so that kind of started that. I just started doing research. I went online. I found this shoe show. The WSA show was every February and August. Uh, flew out to that. I thought, wow. Like At the time, I just thought I've worn Vans my whole life. Vans has you know, red, blue, white, and black shoes. And if I go back to the shoe store when this pair is worn out and the blue ones aren't there, I guess Vans doesn't make blue ones anymore. I just never thought about it. So I go to the show. And I'm like, oh my God, all these shoes I ever wanted. So then I was like, okay, that's what I'll do. I got to put the world's largest shoe selection online. And then I you know, got online again, did more research, found, a, I think it was called a footwear market insights report, um, bought it for like a hundred bucks. And it basically said that uh, 5% of shoes sold in 1998 had been sold through mail order catalogs. And it was a $40 billion industry. So that was $2 billion that was already being done. So I thought, shit, I've never bought shoes through a catalog. But, you know, those three things, which all two of the three were a result of the internet, right? I mean, I, I never would have um, found that report. And I never would have found that trade show in Vegas. Um, so from there, I just thought, okay, so I you know, went to Vegas uh, again with a piece of paper that just said, uh, to the next show, just said shoesite.com. It's a green photocopy. and just started walking around and I couldn't get into the brand booths. And, but I, the feedback I got was, hey, you know, maybe one day someone's going to do this. Like, keep trying. You know? And so I was like, that was all I needed. That was enough of like an encouragement you know, crazy. and it's, it, it, yeah. it's those little things, you know, it's like, I couldn't get into the big booths, but I could walk the side, the side hallways where the smaller brands were. And it's so funny how like, you know, walking up and just like some, you know, dopey looking young guy saying, Hey, what about selling shoes? Shoe and they just like, called shoe site. You know, they could just be like, get out of here. Cause at the time it wasn't, you know, they, the most, most brands in the industry were just worried about cannibalizing the brick and mortar business. But it's like those few people that for whatever reason, maybe just complete boredom because they were in a slow area were like, what do you got going on? And like, yeah, try it. Like, so it was, it's those little interactions, you know, where you just get that encouragement to take the next step that you don't even realize that person didn't realize they were doing it. Um, they didn't give you any specific game plan. They just said, why not? So from there, I just kept going and realized, look, I need someone in the shoe industry. I need to raise some money, raised um, 150,000 friends and family. And like, uh, actually not from family on that one, just from friends. And uh, like, I got a temp job at silicon graphics a guy across the hallway invested and introduced me to a couple other people we're talking like you know the investments were anywhere from 2500 to 10 grand my chiropractor asked me what i was working on put money in it's like just friends from college high school put money in what what did you value the
0: company at at that time
1: a million post um and so the thought you know like i was like how do i figure out and how do i raise money so i had um i had uh my brother's father-in-law was an attorney and I said hey how do I do this and he was like eh, this, is, this is probably not the biggest idea but this, this is worth it so he was great he helped me out with um, you know getting my documents all set up probably and he said how much biggest yeah.
0: idea oh my god like
1: how much do you want to raise and I was like I don't remember why I said 150,000. and then he said um, I said what do I what do I give away for that he goes that's up to you like you know this is all speculative there's no data like you just basically it wasn't even like there wasn't as much to compare it to. Nowadays you could say, Oh, well, most people are, you know, raising money at X or whatever. This was just, I don't fucking know, you know, like just uh, a million. A million sounds like a you know. When I left AutoWeb, Pym said I was gonna start a million dollar business. So it's almost start a million dollar business right now. So it's like I didn't even know there was such a thing as pre and post, you know? So the million dollars actually meant I was valuing it at eight hundred and fifty thousand, right? Because like <laughs> but uh but and it worked out great because it was like um you know it's good to see like friends from, you know. In the in when, once it worked out, you know, people forget like the context was like the people giving me like 5,000, $5, That was a lot of money to them. In some cases, that was like all our money, right? Like I never had, I never had ten thousand dollars in the bank. I mean, I don't, I don't think I had ten thousand dollars in the bank until uh, probably till I was like, shit, it might have been thirty. You know, like it was like, wow. you know, there was no like you, you're just getting your money and you get you know, on a low salary and you're going out a few nights a week and you're just spending all your money and trying to get to the next payday. You know, and you, that was, a that was what it was. So wow. that was what I did. And then, um, from there, you know, got a little office, got like, uh, got some more shoe stores on board, put a little website up and started reaching out to, um, uh, art was the name, uh, the, the lawyer kind of started introducing me. And then this guy, Jared, across the hallway at Silicon Graphics, where I have my temp job, they would, uh, Introduced me to VCs, and I'd go out and and I just started pitching everyone, 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 and and um, you know, you had to overcome the. Do you have any business experience? Not really. Do you know anything about the shoe industry? Not really. You know, whatever the answer was to that, but I wasn't lying. I was just kind of embracing that when I could figure it out. But never actually got got Sequoia it was a big venture capital firm. Actually, was able to get all the way to the partner meeting. Um, eventually, there, um, but then they passed. And uh, eventually later, a few years later, they would, they would invest at a, you know, a big amount, but yeah, I was just hired a couple people and just hired a couple people that I knew. And I said, Hey, Jack of all trades roll. Let's go, let's do this. You can tell how like how, the likelihood of our success, one good indicator of that was I had two good friends, uh, Billy and Cliff and uh, Billy was working. Uh, he would have been technically employee number two or three. Um, and Cliff's like, let's go drive around the country. And so Billy's like, hey, I'm going to bounce. I'm going uh, <laughs> to, I'm quitting. I'm going to go, we're going to drive in a van around the country. I was like, to do what? It's Just have fun. So I was like, okay. And he, so he's like, you know what? I'll take a Zappos magnet and I'll put it on the side of the van while I drive around. And like, if you got, you want me to pass out some t-shirts or, so they just like, you know, back then it was bulky uh, video cameras. They Somewhere there's footage of them driving around with this van with a Zappos sticker on the side, I mean, the Zappos magnet on the side, they'd go to drive throughs and give them Give the person who gave them their mcdonald's order like a dappos t-shirt <laughs> but then but he never came back what he, you, you know so that was a uh,
0: that was the very beginning that's amazing and then what what were sort of some of the lessons learned throughout the building process um like if you were if you were to you know take a, a few of those key things or i'm sure you are um from going from million dollars uh post evaluation to you know, obviously closer to what it ended up being. Um, What what do you uh, value high enough to carry over into new endeavors like Vover? I mean,
1: the biggest lesson I have, like, because times were so different. Um, You know, like when we, like we had, like picture this perfectly in my head. We, like, we would hire a guy to build a website, right? And so I could build a basic like HTML site and stuff. But when we wanted like more features, it wasn't, there was no, aws there was no shopify like so we literally would hire someone and they they would come to the office with the new site on a on a cd-rom and like i remember this guy walked in he's like "If you guys don't pay me more i'm gonna this is ridiculous i gotta throw this away i was like you're kind of an erratic guy and we're just like you literally see this hold on we've already paid like whatever how much we paid for it it's just like so it's it was crazy back then but the biggest lesson i got is just like you just take a step forward you know like you take a step forward and um where am I now like you know I took the step forward how has anything changed Is anything the same okay like what do I have what do I need where am I headed let's take another step and just keep you know that was all really the only skill I have is is just uh being willing to take a step the first step for a lot of people is the hardest or the next step or the next step and then over time I've realized that the step backward or the step off the path is just as important as as the step forward um but it's just That and I think being transparent, like it's okay to, um, you know, it's okay to say you don't know. You know, we 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 had a meeting with Sequoia um, when we got to the partner meeting the first time. We had just hired these two guys from Nordstrom. And hold on a second, sorry. One of them. The problem with this is every time I take a sip because I'm coughing of this coffee, it's going to make me talk faster. Um, But anyways, (laughs) the uh, (laughs) so we sat we sat in this meeting so. So one lesson I learned was when I started going to the, all the VC meetings, I wore a suit because I, that was what was expected at the time, and that was kind of what I thought for trying to business meeting. And I, I always just felt, even though it's a dumb thing, I wasn't comfortable in my own. I guess it's like skin, whatever it is. Like, right? I, I didn't feel like the real me. Like I felt like I was pretending to be someone else, and I, I felt like that. Whether that was evident to the person across the table, that made me uncomfortable. And eventually, when uh, Tony, uh, VentureFrogs invested. It was the only meeting I went to, not in a suit. It was the last meeting. I was like, you know, Art, the guy I was introducing said, listen, dude, I sent you to everyone. Um, If this, these these guys just started a fund, they're trying, they're not able to get on the best deals because they don't have a track record. From what I've seen, they're willing to invest in anything. If these guys don't do it, I think I don't have anything else for you. I think it's time to go on to the next idea. And at that point, I just said, you know what? I know this PowerPoint backwards and forwards. I don't need to bring that. I'm just going to go in in whatever it was shorts and a t-shirt because that's like how I feel comfortable and I don't know if that's not the reason why you know but that's that that was the deal that actually that was the that was the meeting that led to a deal and so we were in this uh uh with Sequoia we got to the partner meeting and I had Fred and um this guy's name was John uh they'd come over from Nordstrom and they worked at the store level um so like a merchandise manager and and a store buyer so not 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 high up but doing well um and the guys from sequoia asked uh one of the older guys was like so nordstrom shoes um had just announced that they were going to launch uh nordstrom Shoes.com and they were going to spend 30 million dollars on tv ads whatever it was right so at the time everyone was like oh that's the end of that for you but really what it, it had the reverse effect it it uh kept the vcs intrigued because they're like well if, if nordstrom sees this as an opportunity maybe there is something there we got to this meeting and they said to john they said hey um what was your guys's role at nordstrom Right now, if I, I, would have probably answered, well, I was a merchandise manager. I was a bar. But he's like, oh, I was involved in, you know, over, you know, kind of embellished a little bit. Um, and then the guy said, so were you? Were you working on the Nordstrom Shoes.com at all? Or, and he goes, a little bit, yeah. Um, I was involved with that. What the fuck? And so you could, t- I was like, oh no, you know, you're like, you if you're a dog, your ears would have gone up. And so like the, uh, the guy is like, you were. And he's like, and you can see now him yeah. And he's like, yeah. What what was your involvement? And they were like, oh, you know, just get my thoughts and, and advise, you know, be on some brainstorming sessions. And they're like, let me get this straight. So Seattle at the headquarters, the executives making this decision for e-commerce, they were reaching out to a merchandise manager from a San Francisco store and asking them, um, oh my and it, God, no. you know, now it's, it, it is possible, right. That they sent some kind of survey out or something, but, but I mean, he was, um, it's not something so, you
0: mentioned in a meeting like that. Yeah.
1: So it was so uncomfortable. And I know that he, as soon as he said it, I wish he could take it back. But it, it was another, um, I, I, it was just burned into my head of like, dude, don't BS. Like it is what it, it's much better to say, I don't know. Or no, I wasn't involved with that. But I'm smart enough to figure it out or I can find the right person than to, um, than to say you, you say you did. So I've tried to stay true to that. Um, yeah, that, that's you know. a tough one. It's like puffer fish. <laughs> yeah. And you just, because like really people want, if, if, if they don't trust what you're saying, and There's nothing. You have left. no shot. Trust you know? is number yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So they just want to know, like, are like, you know, are you going to give me the straight answer, especially as an investor? If I'm an investor, are you going to tell me what's really going on? You know, like I'll make I'll separate my decision based on the market, or can you figure it out, or can we surround you with people that can figure it out? But ultimately, people want to know, like, um, and it's hard, right? You get questions. Um, I had one this morning. Someone was asking me about something, and it's a project that maybe doesn't have. Um, like the user base that you, we would have hoped for at this stage or someone had asked me, right? And it was like, they're like, how many users are on? How many people, how many members are there? Or something like that. And it's, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter how old you are, how many times you've done it. That little thing goes through your head of like, I don't want to tell them the truth, but I don't want to tell them a lie. You know, like, what's the right answer? Um, one, you don't want to tell them the truth just because like, why give out your exact numbers, you know, mm-hmm. when you don't have to? Um, and two, you're, you're, but really what happens is you're starting to assume what they're going to, what are they thinking? What do, are they going to think this is good? Are they going to think this is bad? It doesn't The reality is it is what it is. It, that's, the, that's the answer. You know, like, what are you worried about? Them thinking like, oh, you suck. I could have done it better. Like, well, then why aren't they? They're, they're either not doing it because they don't really care less about this or they're not interested in it or they don't. Think, and they're probably not thinking that, right? It's just all these insecurities. Someone asks you a simple question. All these things go through your head. And most of them are to do with posturing or insecurities. And if you just give the real answer, people go, okay, now I know now I know how to work with that. Um
0: Yeah, yeah it uh, just gets you into trouble. That's what I yeah. to
1: It's like when people play, you know, like, oh I've got someone else interested. I got some okay, go ahead. You know, like um I mean it happens on eBay, right? You'll get a message from the message from the seller, you make an offer, like, hey, and blah blah, blah. And it's like, come on.
0: Like you know you not, do not, not have a three thousand dollar offer <laughs> on this plain piece of paper
1: <laughs> eBay's is the weirdest one because people will be like hey come on dude this is like a this is a 600 hundred dollar card and it's like what like what do you mean there's there's like 10 of them for sale for 300 dollars. it's like you know they just I, I, it makes me want to not um what did someone send me the other day i actually don't remember if i bought it or not because sometimes i do anyway but someone sent me a message it was, seemed so aggressive to me it was like i said hey I made an offer and they said, um, listen, like, like <laughs> say for example, say for example they had it posted at like three thousand dollars, right? So I, hey, I'll offer you two thousand dollars because this is what it's worth. And they'll send you right back, like, listen, you I'll take twenty two hundred, but you better accept that right now, otherwise I'm raising the buy it now to four. And it's like, what well, hold on, what is it? What is that what does that do for anyone? Like, like
0: that. That makes no sense. Yeah, the negotiation tactics on eBay are all time. I don't think those could Mm -hmm. exist in any other medium. No, and so you still maybe like in that case, I think I still
1: wanted it. I was like, oh, I still want it from Twitter, but like, I don't, it doesn't feel good to buy it from this guy, like was he threatening me that he's gonna like, this is like a weird, he's threatening me that he's gonna raise the price. They'll it's, it's, still have the be- best offer on there.
0: It's like, um, it, it feels like, uh, I don't know what what, what, it, what it would be like, but it feels like the uh, eviction guy is like knocking on your door and he's like, oh, yeah, if you don't do it now. <laughs> we're gonna change yeah. the whole set of rules. That's yeah. crazy. I, I think that like that comes
1: down to what I've realized recently is all this stuff, whether it's a business or anything, it just comes down to how bad do you want it. That's like the basic thing. I don't know if we talked about this the other day, but like it's like it's just how bad do you want it? Because if you if you want it bad enough, you're gonna take that next step. Take that next step. You're gonna figure it out. And if you don't want it bad enough, that's okay. You know, like you should constantly reevaluate that. Like if you if you're going down. um like if you're going down a path, like for me, for example, a lot of people ask, why did you leave Saplos after seven years? It's like, I didn't, I just didn't, what 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 the role was at that point wasn't what I was interested in. Um, and like, or, hey, why'd you start this thing and then stop? Or, or why did you start this thing and keep going? Just, how bad did I want it? And that changes on a daily basis. You know, like it's, it's such a weird thing. I guess getting back into that, um not just saying what you think, there's all these like external pressures and internal pressures where it's like, shit. Yesterday I told someone this was going to be the world's, this was the greatest idea in the history of the world. And, and there's a huge opportunity. And I woke up today realizing that's not the case. So what should I do? If I had never told anyone the day before that this was the world's greatest opportunity, then I would just wake up and be like, huh, all right, well, glad I got that extra night's sleep and realized the flaws in this plan. But sometimes because the day before you had told someone like, oh, this thing's going to be awesome. Like this, I'm going to work on this now. Now it's like, you, you still have the same information. It's still not as appealing, but there's that thing that just makes you, well, I gotta keep going because I already told this. I don't want, you know, well, how am I gonna explain it? And then it's like, get older and you go, if someone says, hey, what happened to that thing? People used to ask me all the time because I started a whole bunch of things and, and you know, the majority of them don't turn into huge successes. What happened to that thing? And I was always like, ah, oh, I just get all stressed out. And now it's like, oh, it wasn't the best use of my time. You know, like you, you weighed it up and you thought, that was interesting, but then either I discovered X or about that that made it less interesting, or I discovered something that was shinier that I wanted yeah. to chase. Sometimes,
0: you know, well, I, you're, you're in a great position because there's so much instant credibility, whereas I'll just be like, and I have a very, very small version of that, with, especially with social media, but I'll just be like, no, it, it failed. Like it blew up in, flame, even if it didn't, even yeah. if it was great, I'll just tell people that it failed. Because why not set the bar low if you have an opportunity to? Because then yeah. everything they hear from anybody else exceeds the the low point that I set it at to them. And then That's true. you're golden. <laughs> yeah. I think the, uh, yeah, for me, what's weird is when you say credibility,
1: I always struggle with that because I, I, I feel like if I don't think about yesterday. You know, like I think that if there's one thing that like helps me is I don't, the past seems so long ago and I really... I don't I don't take any like, um, I mean, I take pride in it at times or like, oh, you know, like those apples, for example, I'll see the UPS guy. Oh, that's cool. Those apples box. Yeah, that's funny. Like a long, long time ago, but like I'm more, I'm like so excited about today and tomorrow. Um, sometimes it's to a fault that like sometimes I'm like, I don't want to like, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to be, Apples. I don't want to be, talk about that I don't want to talk about this yesterday I won't you, talk about want to talk about today mass, and tomorrow
0: a retrospective mascot
1: <laughs> yeah because it's like it's so like what's you know what's what's in front is like so is so fun you know and that's what I think that like for me I always assumed maybe you you know you would do something you have a big success and you would just kind of sit there and, and just reminisce and think about that and then you get you start going you're like wait a minute I'm 48 but like other than looking in the mirror, like I don't know what the difference is between, you know, I feel the same as I did when I was like at my 25 at 30. And like, I, I'm, you know, like, I mean, some things are different, you know, obviously family is more important than these kinds of things, but like, I don't, I have that same enthusiasm. I don't feel like I start, I feel like I start in the same starting blocks as everyone else when I'm going to work on the next thing. The only difference is I don't have to, I don't have to take the time out to, to ask an investor, right? Which is good or bad. Um, there's less of a vetting process so I can learn lessons the hard way sometimes because it's like, there's, it's like, ready, to say go. There's no one to say, hold on. Have you thought through this, this, and this? Don't, don't have time for that. I got to go. Like, you know, but at least you're only, you're only risking your own, your own money. So it's not like something where you're, but then, and then the benefit of that is you're not, you're not locked into someone else's, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I like the idea of just starting, of just feeling like you're, you woke up today and like, you know, you're, it's the same. It's, you got the same chance of success of anyone else. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, good or bad. It's like, what does today look like? You know? And then, um, and even sometimes I start worrying about tomorrow. I probably don't think about tomorrow enough. It's like, no, just let's just think about today. What do We want to, what are we going to do today? <laughs> right. How are we going to get it going? That's the, I think that's the, when people talk about like time, um, you know, getting older and realizing that time is so valuable. I think it's like, the time is only valuable if you are using it, you know? Like, so if you were sitting there thinking about the past, that's like, that's not, that's not, that's not using your time. And if everything's about tomorrow. So for me, the most, the most liberating thing from successes has just been the ability to like, all right, like anything's possible today. Let's go. What are we going to, what are we going to do?
0: And you don't have to think so, about making money either, which is a huge. Yeah, no,
1: Yeah. Not in the same yeah, way is, at least. Yeah. Which is, um, which again is a good thing and a bad thing. Like there's, there's so many like different levels of, um, of discipline or freedom that you just have to balance. You know, it's the same as like a fighter that's like um, hungry and just wants it so bad and then gets a big payday and it's just harder to train. And it's like, which ones, which situation is better? You know, like, you know, the, the hungry fighter is trying to get to the point where he doesn't have to train as much or doesn't have to train. But then the fighter that's, That doesn't have to train, and it's having a harder time getting out of bed to go run in the morning. Wants to get that hunger back, so I think it's always just a, you know, it's always just a balance. And performance is affected both ways. And it's just like a, and that's why I think it's just looking at, you know, hey, you know, you're not as hungry as you were ten years ago. You can't get out of bed at five o'clock in the morning and and run. And you know, you might do one or two workouts instead of three or four. But like, that's okay. That's what today, you know, that's
0: today. So it's like. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe too much coffee. No, no, that was great. It, it, it all is just a big rubber band because the problem with having a bunch of money um, is then you don't think about how to make it monetizable as quickly. Whereas in for somebody who's just getting started, it has to monetize and that can often make it a better business, but sometimes worse. Yeah. It really depends on the situation in person, truthfully. yeah.
1: And the team, like if you're, if you're by, you know, if it's your money and it's, on you and it's just you, then I think there's like, you know, there's things that'll, um, there's good and things good and bad about it. But then it's like, when you have a team, and then, you know, you, you have to be making sure that like, you know, you're also doing the best thing for the company and the team that's part of it. Um, you know, so there's another layer to it where you can't just say like, oh, well, no, it's not. Oh well, because like they, you know, you've sold a vision. They've they've jumped on board. They're working hard, and like um, and they deserve you to kind of put them in the best position to succeed instead of um, so lots of different uh, lots of different stuff. But you know, back to college. Like, yeah, I guess I guess my answer is no. There's no way I would go to college. Um, <laughs> not thinking about this because there's just so much, so, so much, much opportunity you that you know I wouldn't be an influencer. Um, uh, just because I can't figure out how to, how to uh, like, I don't, I don't really want it, but like, I just look at it and I go, how do people get all these followers and all these things? Like I, you know, like, <laughs> I just sitting there putting stuff out for myself, it seems like. And um, so I think that's the challenge, but I think the, op- the idea of like starting a business, but even then, I guess the business is the business of yourself, which is pretty awesome. But like, um, yeah, there's just so much possibility and so many people you could look to and go, huh, at every level. Like this person did it, oh, how'd they do it? Go find out exactly how they did it. Sometimes that's the hard part. Sometimes I think like, um, I used to think it was laziness. I've gone off on another tangent, but I used to think it was laziness that people would ask me about competitors. And I'd be like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know names. Like people always ask me, oh, do you know blah, blah, blah? Do you know blah, 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 Nope. I just live in my own little world, you know? And so (laughs) like, um, and so a lot of that's because I don't really invest in other projects. So I'm not really part of that like, you know community of like oh right. let me introduce that, you to this person this person this person but like sometimes I think you should know the competitors in a space right and sometimes I think why like because it's just gonna I don't want anything to you want to have your vision and you want to just go after it and, and it's like another thing that's like a, people smarter than me will know the right answer is like is it better to not know what anyone else is doing and just stay true to your vision and see what happens or is it better to right. to watch all the things that they've you don't have the context of what went wrong for them or what went right for them so you might look at it and go oh like you know you hear people talk to you and they ask they make a reference about like something in the past and you're like that's not really how that's not really what happened or how it worked." and then you realize well you must be doing the same thing when you're judging your competitors or you know following someone else's path
0: we all judge each other now based on the smiles on their instagram which is just yeah. the most disrupted way to judge somebody because yeah. if you literally think about the time like let's say everybody has you know twenty four hours in a day um, and somebody posts once every three days or four days of a millisecond <laughs> yeah. You're taking that millisecond and expanding it out to 72 hours and then judging them based on that. And on top of that, it might also be Photoshopped or positioned and lighted properly to make you think that it's something that it's not, or it could just flat out lie and exaggerate, which is also done. So it's almost impossible to judge people. um, And that's a reason why nobody should. Yeah. And even worse, the person judges themselves, right? Like my biggest fear for my son is that he's going
1: to, when he discovers social media, that he's going to think that these, he's going to be like, oh, why didn't I get enough likes or why did this and this? And it's like, dude, I mean, I, I would have been, well, I'd be horrified to see my teens and 20s documented and live anywhere online. But I would also be like, I don't know what I and how I would have reacted. You know, like if it was like, um,
0: you if I had some a, scale. I, I know like how that. you,
1: you would have made a business out of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, what I think if I was young, I think right now, I would tell them, it's like, dude, just uh, you've got all these tools, document whatever it is, come up whatever it is, but don't don't even, like, just live in your own world. Almost if, like, you just put the stuff out there, don't even somehow find it where you can't see what anyone else is doing. Like, uh, like I think even with NFTs and stuff, like if, if, like, if you were a young artist, it'd be like, dude, just go, go lock yourself in a, in a cave for, like, the next 12 months, and, like, just create all this stuff and like mint it as NFTs and then just figure out like how to do it later. You know, Don't worry about like the first one and then what happened, the first one, what happened, or same thing, if you're starting a a content site or something, just go like, go create a bunch of content or go, you wanna write something, go write it, but don't look for the validation every little step because it's gonna throw you so far off course that, and it's the discipline because I tell myself to do it. You know, hey, why don't you do, you know, I have a million random ideas of like, not even like a business, more like a project that maybe would be interesting down the line. But it's, it's so hard to, uh, to have that discipline and not like take a little baby step and then look around and be like, well, how was that received? Or what happened? Or was that worth it? It's not worth it. It's only going to be worth it when you get to the end and it's all the cumulative effect of it. Oh, it's going to be worth it. And once you're you get the end,
0: you wish you enjoyed it more.
1: Yeah. So that's how you somehow have to like,
0: I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like horse blinders, you know?
1: Yeah. Maybe that's just me. I just want to do that. I just want to like, I'd be cool to like just find something where you could see the hardest part. is Actually, the hardest part is seeing far enough ahead. Well, you either see far ahead, but you can't see the steps or you see the next step, but you can't quite, it's like blurry your vision of like where exactly it's going. But if you can find that thing where it happens every once in a while, where you believe you can see the vision and you believe that you can see the path, that point, I think it's like, hey, you you got you to gotta, um, put blinders on and just like do that. But it's just so hard because every, uh, every conversation, every attempt at getting uh, validation is like going to knock you off that path. Right. But, you know, and it's got to be fun because at the end of the path, there may not be a pot of gold waiting for you, but there's, there will be some, there'll be more rewards than you're aware of at the time waiting for you, right? The lesson you learned probably won't be the one you intended to learn. the the knowledge
0: you gained that you can well people will pick up on it It probably won't be that same thing but by the Um, end of it you're so desensitized to the success that you've had that it means nothing by the time that you get it
1: yeah which is probably how it should be because it shouldn't be about yesterday anyway you know it should be like oh you like you get to the end of it and like what the past year doesn't matter it's just like well where am i now (laughs) and like don't spend too much time thinking about how you got here now you're like all right so now what is the you know what is the next Right. What is the next step? But it's tricky. I mean, if you have a, you know, my mind's all over the place anyway, so it's, it's hard for, um, but most people do, I think over overthink it and start thinking about what is, what will someone else think or what is someone else thinking? Um, I don't have this, I don't have that. Like I need money. Someone else will be doing it with, with, with more resources or someone else probably already thought of this. Um, I mean, I think if you just look at everything and say, there's only so many ideas in the world. They're all just floating around. We had the same stimuli, which made us tap into that. Any idea you have, a bunch of people have. Um, So one, you better like it uh, and you better have a perspective in order to pursue it. And two, like, who cares what someone else is is doing? Exactly, you know? But if you expect that instant success, um, you know, you could you could have expectations of like what the what the success looks like tomorrow and the next day but there's just this mad rush of like um and then those people can't get out of it there's so many there's so many people that like you know maybe jumped out of working to follow pursue entrepreneurship and either weren't didn't you know just didn't work out or it's not what they want to do and, and now they're kind of stuck because it feels like um, it'd be hard to take that step back and admit that like it wasn't for you, and and go back in, or you've you've experienced this freedom which didn't actually exist. It was actually the same freedom as if you just went on vacation, right? You still have the ability to do whatever you want, but now you feel like um, you were the CEO of a company of one, and so how could you possibly go back to work somewhere at like a entry level or mid level position? It's like what you called yourself, like you know, it's a it's, it's that's that's the thing I I. I I've seen, which I hate to see is people where they're just conflicted on like their pride or, or lack of self-awareness. Dude, Pride they, is pride is a
0: killer, man. That's, that's probably yeah. one of the worst drugs out there
1: and they can't slot back in. They can't, you know, you can start over whenever you could start, you could leave, start a company, tell the whole world you're going to start. You can fail and you can go back and you could, work, you know, if I, if I was going to get, I think that one of the best ways to do something would just be pick an industry and go get a job. Don't think about, where you're you know where you slot in just go get a job and like it's it's, right yeah it's going to create so many ideas yeah i think sometimes i think like it's different when i was an intern when i was an intern it was more like hey go get coffee go get this and now i think this the internship a lot of times um especially because you got older people like me and you got younger people that have so much more knowledge in certain areas that it kind of creates this weird this weird pressure of like um what's expected out of an intern both by the by the person hiring them, and also from themselves. Like, intern to CEO is not a normal career path, but to a lot of people, that's that's probably the path they're planning to head down. And so, like, sometimes it's like it takes a while, right? If you take that out of the equation and you just go get a job doing something, um, even if it's something that's relatively mindless, you just get to see the inside. You get to identify problems at probably the most important level, which are, you know, generally the most important things to a business are not like happening in the boardroom they're happening at like, on the floor, in the right. place, the small decisions which have to get repeated over and over. So sometimes I think like, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was like, I wanted to belong to something, you know, it's like, what am I gonna, like, I, I would envision like, I always want to be an athlete. And then I realized by like eighth grade was probably my mm-hmm. peak of my athletic career, I realized it was over. And like, so, uh, likewise, likewise. <laughs> yeah, it, it was never gonna happen. And so I was always drawn to brands and I was like, you know, like if you apply to a job, it wasn't just like, it wasn't like, I'm gonna to apply to be a customer service representative in these five companies. It almost felt like, to me, the brand, like, oh, almost like you become part of this brand and it like seemed exciting. Um, and so I think, you know, if I would go back, I would just, yeah, like, what's that? What are those captivating brands? Just go get, go get that entry level job. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Um, maybe I'll go do this. And then just, um, you'll see the inside and you'll, it'll just trigger so many ideas that's just so much better than
0: sitting at Starbucks trying to think of how to start a billion dollar company. <laughs> you, know, like, but you, you say that and I'm like, well, that is school, except instead of you paying them, they pay you. You're yeah, still, that's in, true. in a classroom, you're still doing work. You're doing yeah. homework, which is uh non financially correlated in any way, shape or form, except you're paying them to do work. Whereas um, yeah. in, you know, a job that you're passionate about or interested in even at entry-level position if it is the right fit then you're getting paid to do that same if not better work yeah i will say entry level so one of the things when i was starting zappos is
1: i got a temp job was at silicon graphics and it was just a like html basic html web design for their corporate intranet and like i took that job because i wanted spending money while i was while i was trying to figure this out but if i never would have um I never would have taken that job. I never would have met Jared across the hall. I never would have met Alex who invested and went on to become like a venture capitalist. Like I never would have right. like there's these little steps. I never would have been able to ask someone like, hey, can you help me make this deck? Like, does this look right? No, that doesn't look right because I found someone in a company who was used to making decks to present within the company, whereas I didn't have that. So I think there's um I think there's so much pressure in having it all figured out. And if you just look at like today, it's like, what can I do today? It just leads to like so many so many different possibilities, you know, of things that you could, um, so many random things. It's like it's like that same dilemma of like, you have a great idea, you're supposed to keep it to yourself or say it out loud. I still don't, I think you have to have context of who are you saying this out loud to, you know, you probably don't go into, you know, you don't, you don't meet someone, you go, hey, I'm I'm working on a, uh, a coffee startup. What are you working on? They're like, I'm working on a coffee startup. You're like, oh, I got a great idea for a coffee startup. You probably don't want to do that. But like, you might want to, uh, but anyone other than that. I know and just, where the
0: best coffee beans are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You just talk and it just leads to um it leads to stuff i mean like the, the number of conversations i mean you're much more um social than I am like the number of people that you know and the number of relationships you maintain and keep up is like i i think to myself like i don't like i don't know how he how how he does that um <laughs> but it's all those little conversations right that like you you never know which one and and all the oh like
0: connecting the dots which will lead to incredible opportunity. So I, I do think that social media is also an expediter of uh, keeping up relationships, whereas, and and things like clubhouse too, right? So um, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think Vover will, will end up being very similar in this regard. Um, I was in a clubhouse room, and there were 500 people, 30 of which I knew personally. Um, I was playing basketball, there, just by myself shooting around, and I was like, I was thinking about my, my friend uh, Chris, and I was like, I haven't hung why do I feel like I hung out with Chris recently? Where I haven't seen the guy in person in two and a half years. I was like, what Are we hung out just the other day and then it clicked. I was like, no. He was listening in the clubhouse room, and we had a couple <laughs> of back and forths, and we both probably correlated that as we had hung out. And that is the great social expediter of maintaining relationships. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's all it's all just a matter of um, what you want to do. And, you know, I I think the best businesses are ones that are based around authenticity because there is no such, such thing as competition in authenticity. Nobody will ever be Nick. Nobody will ever be Buster. If they try to be me, that's them being inauthentic. And then it doesn't work. If it's me trying to be me, it works. If it's you trying to be you, it works. I like those, like this podcast, for example, Nobody could ever be Buster, even if they wanted to be, had all the money in the world. Um, I could never be Joe Rogan either. You know, it's just yeah. not, it's just not how it works. Whereas it's different with a coffee business. <laughs> Although yeah, some authenticity Joe. still plays, you know? Yeah. I think you
1: just gotta be yourself and you just, the most thing, has gotta be honest with yourself and everything is like, I'm just fixated on this lately. It's like, cause you know, you have, I don't know if you do it, but I have, you know, you have the voice, you talk to yourself in the mirror, right? Like you have like the, like, I'm, my competitive voice is only internal. And it's like, looks in the mirror. And it's like, you fucking like, it's just like, you know, you just wake up every day and you get yourself, you get like, you talk to yourself in a way to get yourself fired up, whatever works for you. It's like right. when you're working out, right? right when right. you're in the gym, and you don't want to do another push up. And you're so tired. There's a voice that voice either says, it's okay. You know what? You've worked really hard today. Why don't you stop? Or it's like, listen, you, you you, know, like you've worked all this <laughs> point. Stop, don't give up now. You're just calling yourself by his name. So I have that like, um. actually when I went company base camp. I, there, I, was a, I was like, let me try to teach one of these classes one day. And this other guy, this, it, and the reason I did it was because the manager had jumped in for a trainer and he was just so positive and like so upbeat that I was like, man, Jason, you were that was a great class. Like I was working hard because you're so positive. And I go, you know, it's weird. That's not how in my head, like when I'm working out, I'm going to dark places, and I'm thinking like the reason I'm the reason I'm still pushing on the bike is because I'm thinking someone has like you know kidnapped my 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 kid, and and I and I, what am I going to be too tired to chase him down? You're, you're or going
0: like, you're going full Michael Jordan on this one. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or like if I'm doing if I'm doing pushups, I'm thinking like 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 you know so what am I just gonna I'm just getting my ass kicked or something, right? And I'm not going to get up like it's just like. I go, that was really weird. So I, so I, he goes, well, why don't you try teaching a class? Um, this was a, was a disaster. He's like, why, well, let's try it. Why don't you teach a class um, and teach it how, like give it give it an example of how you would do it. So I tried it, it didn't work. It was basically like, I was like, cause you know, you're a minute on the bike and on the ground. I was like, all right, listen, c- pick up the fucking pay. Hey, you know, like what the person next to you is not smiling at you. They're laughing at you like that. Cause that's how I, that's how I get myself going. Right. is I look and I go, and I do think that to the Michael Jordan stuff is, I think we all have, the other thing I've learned as I get older is like, especially with the pandemic, right? Isolation is like, you've got to have that little, you've got to create your own controversies in your head. You've got to, you've got to create this like slight, like someone looked at you wrong. Like, I feel like sometimes it's not a good thing, but a lot of times that's what pushes me through is I think I would never say it out loud and it's not my persona out loud and I wouldn't actually really think it, but my inner voice is telling me like, um, Like I'll probably get off this podcast and I'll be like, inner voice will be like, dude, you just, I mean, you talk like way too fast and like you answer the questions in the most roundabout fucking ways. And like, what an, what an idiot, you know, but that's how, that's how it goes. But that's the same thing with like, um, with, I think embracing today is like, that voice is just like, what are you going to waste today? What are you like, come on, like, don't be, you know,
0: what are you you doing? Like, let's go. Like manufactured motivation that's that's yeah that was my biggest takeaway from the last dance and i i think about that almost every day where it's like you just gotta make stuff up (laughs) like sometimes it has no base in reality um but you just gotta make it up and i don't even know which one's real like what is the is the (laughs) is some
1: like is what someone tells you which may not be what they're thinking any more real than this voice in your head imagining
0: that they're smiling while they're really like no no everybody's equally wrong about everything all the time in perpetuity the thing that i do though when i'm running outside i intentionally run uh pandemic aside like on the track for example um i'll be a couple of lanes apart socially distant but i will pick people out on the track and i'm like i am racing against that guy he doesn't know we're racing I know we're racing, and I'll just go as hard as I can till I pass him, and then the second I pass him, I'll pick somebody else and it gets it just gets me going because there's this real life person this real life thing that I'll make up like we're racing for this or that or this or that or like if I don't beat this guy by that tree, then I have to do thirty push ups and then I'll actually do them if I don't but like you just gotta you just gotta have fun with it like everything is a game anyways, yeah, what
1: well, I was talking about at uh at base camp, so there will be a row of bikes, right? You'd be on the ground. And, and one of the things we'd always t- I always talk about is like, if you could bottle this, you would, you'd be the richest person in the world. It's basically like, so everyone's so tired. Like in that workout, it's a minute on the bike, a minute on the ground. So when you're on the bike, you're so tired that you, you know there's people are on the mats in front of you, but you, and you can see them, but you're not thinking about them. You're not focused on them. But when you're on the mats, you're absolutely convinced that everyone behind you on the bikes is watching you and judging you right and so like there would be times where it's like oh I us do pull-ups so you have your back to the row of bikes and the thought was like okay if you're this tired and you're in the garage by yourself how many pull-ups would you do before you stopped that's x right now now you're tired in this thing and you've got a uh, say all your friends or someone or on the bikes behind you you're going to do x plus a couple but now imagine if like all those bikes were full of i don't know like if you were full of like a uh, Bunch of girls you were trying to impress or something
0: right 4, you're going to be able to do supermodels <laughs>
1: you're gonna be able to do like way more pull-ups but nothing changed right nothing changed like you're the same person you're it's your same body same strength same training up to that point mm-hmm. same level of tiredness it's just what something in your head is right. telling you to go harder and so i think that's the um i think with everything that's the, it's like it's really just yeah like how bad do you want like same in work like you're going to take those you're going to take those extra steps because you're curious or you want to know the answer more and, or you're not gonna and it's like I think it's like that if you found that thing I don't even know what the right answer like you know should you be like oh that's stupid you know like why don't you, you should be at peace with yourself so who cares if anyone's watching you just do the same thing it's like I don't know is that better like is that what we you know like we want something to
0: you know there's something to be said for that but it's there's something that David Goggins said and he's in absolutely insane but i love him regardless um he whenever he's running he's like you're only putting in 10 percent of what you have in the tank and i try to remind myself that when i'm struggling while while i'm on a long run i'm like i probably have if my life was on the line probably 80 to 95 percent left in the tank yeah Um, So if I'm running 10 miles, it probably means I could run a hundred miles. If my life was on the line, I could probably muster out some 15 minute miles and go for a hundred miles. You like something like anybody could not me. Um, Not only that though, but when you're tired, when you're at that point where you're like, what am I doing? And you have to,
1: you're forgetting that's the whole reason you started. The whole reason, the whole reason you went running today was to get to that point (laughs) <laughs> get that work in where you're so tired. So why would you get to that point and then not like totally enjoy that? Which is the same in visit like you're didn't like aren't didn't you start a company to get to the point where you would have most of these problems that arise? Didn't you like start running so you could get tired, so you could get better? Like it's a really someone said it to me. Um and it totally changed. Like it's funny, like uh with this dozen boxing thing. And so when when you're doing the workouts in your ear and it's like you're really tired and someone says, hey, or actually DC, Daniel Cormier was like, in it, he's like, hey, this is what you wanted, right? Like, so we, so we play that audio late in the workout. This is what you wanted. You, you've got to the point now where you're so tired. It's everything you wanted. It's why you worked out today. So now let's dive into that and like, let's push a little bit harder. And it's like, it is funny how a lot of things you were, were so desperate to get something. Kind of like I said, getting out of college, get out of college, oh shit, now I got to be over it an adult in the real world and it's like how do i get back into college you know or how do i get back into that in that environment right it's like i think if you just it's really been helpful for me when understanding when you get to uh, whether it's business or anything it's like something's hard it's like oh like you know smile like in the, in the workout we say hey you like oh your shoulder's tired like your shoulder your shoulder's hurting well, why don't you go ahead and lean into them a little bit more and smile because like wasn't that the whole point like the whole point was to get tired and 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 because you're tired is why the next rep is more valuable than the last rep. Right. Like every rep gets more valuable. You would not want to go back three reps right now because that push-up or that whatever exercise is not as valuable as the one right now because you're not as tired. So it's like, okay. It's kind of calming then when you run into resistance or a problem of like, this is, what, this is where we wanted to get to because this is where we can make a breakthrough, right? Like every time we, um, not to keep going to work out crazy. I just, I think I've been in this hotel for a couple of days. So I haven't had a chance to work out, but like, you know, when we're doing, when you're doing sprawls or burpees, you're saying, Hey, like, and it does, it's weird, like, changes your mind. Like, get down to the ground as quickly as you can, because that gives you an opportunity to get up. And getting up is when you get stronger. So, if you stay on your feet with your hands on your knees, you're still tired, but there's nothing, there's no chance of getting stronger. If you just drop to the ground right now because you're tired, you are going to have to get up. And so you're better off getting down to the ground and getting up. Okay, now you're, oh, you've got up again. Hey, why don't you get back down again? Uh, which is actually the easiest thing for you to do right now is to drop to the ground. And it's the most beneficial because you have to get up. And, and there's no way to get up without getting stronger.
0: Well, And it's like just a weird mind trick on these things. Yeah. You know what the best advice I ever got ever though was? When you're tired to put your hands on your head because it opens up your lungs and it gets yeah. more oxygen in. And that advice, I think it was like, a middle school basketball coach I've never used one piece of advice more than I've used that piece of advice <laughs> and it's, that's right it's really good
1: usually when I think of that I'm too tired like then it's funny how sometimes even the act of putting your hands on your head is like that's hard like I'm so tired I, don't, I, I can't put my hands on my head it just <laughs> <laughs> but it's true right it's like um, in, in that example which is which applies to anything I guess the one thing I've gotten older is I realized there's so much you can take from working out and like how you attack it, how you approach it, why you're doing it, which is just really symbolic of everything else is like, yes, right now, because you're so tired or maybe your shoulders are really tired, especially in the boxing workouts, it's hard to put your hands on your head. But but by doing that, your lungs will open. Like, you know, like there's this risk reward where it's like, you have to do it. And how much harder is it than standing there anyway? Like, so it's... Um, To me, that's like, um, you know, I realized what was missing uh, at one point when I I was never like a big workout guy, even though I started a couple of gym companies was like, I remember trying CrossFit for the first time and like being like, huh, I'm not strong. I I hate the heavyweight part. I'm probably just going to hurt myself. I love the endurance parts or like the, you know, the longer workouts, but I just can't stand the the weight part. But wow, like you forget um, that you've been missing competition. And at first you thought. You know, like you play like, I play in like a co-ed like soccer league, right? And it's like, you play on the weekends and it was like, even though mm-hmm. the level of competition wasn't that great, I wasn't that great, Rush, it was like, it was nice to have that like good against evil feeling for a little bit, you know, like where you line up and you're like, I know this is like a little bit um, overkill, what I'm thinking in my head right now, but, I, but without that, you have like only, you're all on the same team. You need that rivalry. And then what CrossFit showed was, hey, like... Stop overthinking it. Like there's not athletes in you. There is an athlete in you, in everyone. And so it was like that, wow. Like, okay. I'm, for me, I was probably 30, 30 early, mid-30s. How old am I now? No, mid-40. I don't even know. How old am I? 27. 27. So, <laughs> let's say I was probably like, yeah. It was like, let's say I was early 40s, but it was like it was, huh? Like this little going to this class opens up this thing where it kind of gets you uh competing and, and, and feeling like, you know what? It doesn't, it's not about playing in the NBA or being a professional soccer player. Like that's like two, that's thinking like two like black or white, like, isn't there a better version of me that I could compete with, right? And then it's like, yeah, you're competing with people in the room. So I think that that's the, um, I mean, you're so young, you got like all this, I'm, you got all this stuff ahead of you, but like, you're gonna come to a point where you're gonna be like, man, everyone else 20 and I was like, so, this and that and this and that and now like you know well, you probably won't but for me and then it was like what happened and then you realize it's that same context of like you probably think right like because you're thinking of like well, I'm, when i was 10 i was young 20 and it's one of those things where you're like how do we constantly think we're old like 30 seemed old and then 40 seemed old but then now at 40 you look back at 30 and you go man that was so young but it was the same thing it's just like how we looked at it right right so it's interesting it's interesting the um yeah. I don't even know what I'm what I'm talking about but like a lot of it is just that I wish like I could tap into my inner voice a little bit more when I was younger because my inner voice was not my inner voice it was other people's voices inside my head and then and and then and like
0: thinking things because you were supposed to you know, what is someone else thinking and now you get older you're just like this is what I think I look at it sort of differently i look at people like yourself and people like my grandparents for example i'm incredibly envious of them because they didn't get hit by a bus or didn't you know get a disease or you know they lived i want to live as long (laughs) as you have lived like i am super envious of who knows i could there's so many terrible things that could happen knock on wood that it doesn't but you know, Egyptians, uh, Egyptian kings lived till 25. That would mean I have five years left. You know? Yeah. No, that's so a,
1: yeah. When you start thinking, you start thinking that it just it definitely like messes with your mind for a while, and and it like um. Yeah. Well, I mean, the older you get, the more the more you think about those things. But all I think is the only difference is before when I was younger, I would probably like wake up and be like oh I'm so tired, and now it's like I wake up and I'm like. Uh, you know like, like, <laughs> like it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like so cliche i was talking about it but like yeah like I get out of bed and I'm like, yeah it's a little harder you're like oh I'm a little stiffer in this that and the other but then you when usually when you're you know I'm walking all the way to the bathroom in the morning I'm like yes another one you know, <laughs> you know there's a uh a friend of mine uh Rod Streeter he uh football player and he um now works for the Cleveland Browns but he would say like uh we post this thing on twitter every morning i don't remember exactly what it was but it was something along the lines of like hey we're blessed you're blessed to have another day and then i always thought okay but then you hit a certain point where you're just like you know if you think of it that way you're like so excited the reality is no matter how old we are we, we all have today right And tomorrow like today's today and tomorrow anything could have happened to us or today could have happened to us but like um yeah, I think it's that, it's that thing of like, it's never too late, you know, it's like, it's not like, uh, actually I was reading something the other day where it said the average age of a founder, I don't know if it was a founder of a funded startup or something, was, 40, it was 42 last year. So you would think it was much younger, right? Um, oh, I thought you said me.
0: lifespan. <laughs> no, no, average, average age of like, a, yeah, <laughs> Life. yeah. Very stressful job, but not that stressful. Uh, yeah, like people would assume it was,
1: I think people would assume it was 25, 30, something along right. those lines, but it was older. And so it makes you realize, like, uh, you know, once you go through enough decades, and you look back and you go, oh, shit, man, 40, felt so old, but it's so young. Then it kind of makes, it, it sets your mind to like, well, you know, who, who knows, like, this is, um, you know, that's the other thing about the internet, it's been great for young people, but it's also great for people of every age, because it just shows you, there's so much um, access to what's possible people maximizing their opportunities, maximizing their time, hearing different opinions. Like everything's inspiring. Right? I don't have the context of like, oh, um, you know, there's a billion dollar idea and there's a $10 idea. Like every idea is exciting. You know, I don't even actually care. Uh, I don't get more excited if I think something, I get excited if I think I've thought of something and I think I have a vague idea of how to do it and I'm going to try, but I really don't care. I, I'm not actually thinking about like, um, well, how big could it be? The times you think about that, Other times that the opportunity never even materializes because like you weren't really focused on the opportunity. You were hoping for like a,
0: hoping for an outcome, you know, you want to to win the lottery. It's not like, yeah, you don't want to be happy. It's like like you
1: try to, you know, you record a game and, you know, you think like, I'm going to go home and I don't know, I'm going to turn my phone off and I'm just going to watch the whole thing. And I don't, because I get impatient, I usually just start fast forwarding through it, I'll record a lot of soccer games that happen, like, four in the morning, and I'll be like, oh, get up, and you're like, I just want to, I just want to sit here and watch this and enjoy it, but you can't, for me, it's like, uh, this already happened, and I got a bunch of shit to do today, so why don't I just, as much as I'm sitting here trying to, I know that I could fast forward, so eventually, I just fast forward to the end, maybe watch the last five minutes, or watch the whole thing at, like, high speed, where you can't even tell, you just, you just know a goal appeared, so you rewind, Uh, but you try not to do that in you try not to do that in life. Right. You try not to, you try to understand that like, um, like life hasn't happened yet. So you can't, you know, there is no fast forward button. So like why, why start worrying about what's going to happen in, you know, six months or a year. I really have no idea what I'm talking about at this point. No, it's, a fun it's, conversation, great.
0: Though. it's great.
1: I keep forgetting. I'm like, Oh, it's a cool conversation. I'm like, Oh shit. This is actually a, a conversation that will be replayed
0: (laughs) no that's that's the best part about it i'm sure it's gonna help a lot of people um the last three things that i wanted to touch on if you do have the time because i know we've gone way over um i want to talk about the warriors sports cards and then over so the warriors how does an opportunity like that come about is that something that you get a text about you get a call about you read it in the newspaper you know is there a, a rich person's NBA club? Like what, how does, how does that conversation begin? So the Warriors, I,
1: that was my, that's my team of all teams, right? It was like my, the, the one team that I was most passionate about my whole life. Um, and so the first uh, introduction I had to it was, Zappos, one of our board members, Michael Marks, was um, CEO of Flextronics. And he was a minority investor in the Warriors at the time, uh, when Chris Cohen owned the team. And I remember thinking, wow, like what? And he was like, yeah, it's, you know, tell me about it. And I was like, that just seems, that seems crazy to me. And then when, so Amazon acquired Zappos in 2009, 2010, the Warriors were for sale. And I had met, um, I'd met a guy who, uh, who I met a guy who told me he was friends with uh, the guy who started 24 Hour Fitness. And I read in the paper one day that Mark Mastroff, 24 Hour Fitness, um, was one of the guys trying to buy the Warriors and that he was the, one of the leading guys and so I emailed this guy and I said hey could you introduce me to um to Mark Well I would end up meeting later at Warriors games but I said can you introduce me to Mark and he said uh ha uh-huh. ha I'm like no really like I don't I mean I just want if I I just want any opportunity to have even any piece like I would be that'd be like my my life dream you know so he um he didn't so then um but I told my financial advisor, I said, man, you know, I thought for a second I was going to get an introduction to Warriors and like, um, you know, if, he, if this guy got the team, maybe I could be part of it. He's like, you really want, that seems like a vanity investment. You really want to do that? Doesn't seem like you're kind of thinking, I'm like, dude, that's, yes, I want to do it. That would be like insane. So he um, turned out that he was like, let me do some research. And so it emerged, you know, Larry Ellison was the favorite to get it. And then I had never heard of Joe Lykov, but, but all of a sudden it said, oh, this Joe Lykov group um, is going to get it. And so he said, hey, it looks like Joe got the winning you know, the winning bid. Um, it turns out that uh, attorney friends, I don't know their firm or a, friend, a firm of a firm is working on some aspect of it with him. Do you want me to see if I can make an introduction? So I was like, oh, yeah. So he introduced me and um, I, I just uh, reached out and said, hey, I'd love to see if there's an opportunity. And so I met with him and I, I came in like, I had this letter that I had written to Chris Cohen, like, in like 1999 talking about how they needed to step up their customer service quite a bit. And one day I was going to own part of the team. And like um, I came in ready to give the sales pitch and, but it was, it was awesome. They were, they were in fundraising mode. And so they were giving a pitch. And so I was like, yes, like if I could be part of this, I would love to. So I was able to do that. And it was, um, it was the highest amount paid for a team at the time. It seemed crazy, but now it's turned into a a really good investment. It's funny. The only, the only things I've invested in um, because I figure I don't, I don't know enough. I don't, I don't have the attention span or the passion for learning about all these different companies or taking any one. If I was going to invest, I would take one vertical, right? I would try to learn a lot about it, have a perspective that was different. So I could have a reason to why I was how to pick. I just feel like randomly picking companies wouldn't make sense to me. And I like doing, I want to do my own things, not, not do these things, but so I've limited my investing mostly to sports. So I've been able to invest the warriors and then, um,
0: cards. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah cards there's a soccer team we have a soccer team in denmark
0: um fc helsingor They got
1: You're relegated part the first of a soccer
0: team in denmark
1: yeah so that one i'm on the board and then actually last um that's pretty cool super excited last month i was able to invest in um, leeds united so they're a premier league team in england um that's
0: pretty so that cool. was
1: uh so most of my investments have all been sports teams but but the war is a great experience because i have no say i have no um you know i don't play a role in anything but joe does a great job of, of making everyone feel like they're part of the part of the group and an insider and you get meetings and you get like little you know uh, information and you can like you know there's always an open door to like the suggestions and we get there's special areas in the in the arena that we get to go into and stuff so it's been as a lifelong warriors fan it's been I mean even like going to the, you know bef- when we were early days and Jerry West was there it's like you the night before the day before the draft having an in-person meeting and listening to Jerry West and talk about like different things and just being able to ask a question, I would just ask questions just because I want to say that I asked Jerry West a question about you know this player or this player. Right. That stuff is like, you know, the financial return has been great, but like that's the stuff that for me for me was it. Um, and then sports cards actually was tied into the Warriors a little bit because, you know, I hadn't collected since since college, and then in two thousand twelve, I so when I when I joined the Warriors group, I wanted I was like, what am I gonna I need to have something right at the end of this? I want to have something that, so I started collecting game worn jerseys
0: um and then that was a good investment yeah
1: yeah so I would I would I would do that and then I was would uh primarily through um May Gray the NBA auction stuff but then I would get a couple of catalogs I got a catalog once and it had some player uh baseball player foreign baseball player who was selling his card collection I was like I should get back into cards so I wanted to pick something so I picked um I didn't want to pick any other basketball team other than the Warriors this is 2012 because I just felt like I don't know it's stupid like to me it's like if I wanted to wear a Miami Heat hat today, I wouldn't wear it because I would just feel like it's just disloyal, you know, like I should only right. wear a Warriors hat. Yeah, <laughs> but I am um, with the Knicks. Yeah, so I picked them. Um, I used to wear a Knicks hat in uh, high school because it was my name. I thought it was and people would call me Knicks when I'd wear it. That's but funny. the um yeah, but the uh, and I did like I did really like the Knicks when they were going up against the Jordan's Bulls. Like the that team yeah, was just so fun to arcs, watch.
0: Those guys, yeah.
1: Yeah, but cards. I was I wanted something, so I, I randomly picked Kevin Durant because I figured he was current, so it was still exciting. But he his I would only buy his rookie cards on the Sonics because the Sonics didn't exist. So I did that. Bought a bunch of cards. Hated the mess for me. They put everything in storage unit. Twenty eighteen. Got it back out and um and just started buying stuff and then started with basketball and then really just well, you, you must know, have been great with, on
0: those KD investments.
1: Did pretty good. Um, you know, it was confusing because when I was a kid, it was top Fleur, Donruss, it was very easy to understand and there, was, and there wasn't grading. And then all of a sudden it's like 2012, I'm trying to figure out which grading company, which card, you know.
0: Well, um, you went with PSA and BGS.
1: Yeah, it was, they were mostly <laughs> BGS. And so then I sold um, them, and I just decided that I was going to buy, um, I watched something about Luca and I was like, I'm gonna buy a bunch of Lucas before the season started. So his first card was the Panini content, uh, the, uh, Contender's Draft Picks. Yep. Um, so I just started trying to buy every single autographed or numbered one of those I could, and then I sent them all to BGS because I looked at my KD cards and I'm like, oh, they're BGS. I sent them there. I should have sent them PSA. but um, I did that. And then I, I bought Trey Young the same thing. Was going to Trey the same Yeah, same thing. And, but I bought his contenders. I didn't. I didn't really understand. And then I thought, oh, this is their first card. And then I kind of put those away in storage because I just got again overwhelmed by this eBay mess. Like it's just such a, it's a crappy system of all this random packaging you get in my my wife asked me like, what is it? Like every day there's this box of things showing up. And then I found out like, oh, you know, there's so many cards now I should have waited and bought, um, you know, his Prism or his, Prism, right. at least in his Mavs uniform Mavs or something. Is right. Yeah, so the next year, but, but because I put them away for you, I didn't really notice that. So the next year I did the same thing <laughs> with Java Reds and what else? And then finally, like when the, when the pandemic started, I started looking at the cards more and I um, I realized soccer. And I was like, wow, you know, soccer was always, big passion and being born in England and growing up in England always made me feel like connected to being a kid and so I just kind of dove into soccer and really enjoyed it so I just you know did kind of the same um what I've learned with the Warriors is like go after things that you're passionate about and like you know things that you you know if I just like have a hunch see a player like I could be good or I believe in this or that I like the modern stuff just because I like to I like that it's that it's evolving right I want to know like I want to pick someone I want to be proven right
0: um yeah that's that's the gambling nature though
1: (laughs) yeah it's true um but it's um yeah so I really enjoyed that
0: um yeah but it's it's crazy I
1: mean like you it's so once you get into it it's just so consuming you know you're sitting there and you you wake up and the first thing you're doing is checking ebay and like you're and then like you're looking up things and it's just like
0: and you're thinking oh, i should
1: have done that i should have done this is this crazy to buy this is it not crazy to buy that
0: like yeah. um crazy there are like three dopamine kicks along the process too it's like a the first dopamine kick is when you find the card that you want okay yeah. and the second dopamine kick is when you win the card you want and then the third is when you get it and then in theory there's also a fourth which is when you sell it but um there's just so many like ad- full yeah. energy. But like anything, you get desensitized to it really quick. I probably got desensitized after my 20th look-and-see card, and now yeah. still packages of like 100 of them show up because I really like the set. Um, but, you know, like anything, I, I decided I was convinced that Derek Jeter like three weeks ago, that Derek Jeter was the best buy ever. I don't think that that's not true, although a lot of his cards have had has gone down quite a bit since I thought that. Um, yeah. But I went on eBay and I just cleared, I cleared eBay. I was like, I, my philosophy was if modern prism silvers and, you know, tops chrome silvers and whatever of the biggest names in basketball are super popular, it's inevitable that the biggest name in modern baseball history, apart from Mike Trout and guys like that, uh, Derek Jeter on the biggest team, the baseball equivalent of Kobe Bryant, right? Five championships, captain for 20 years in New York. Um, you know, he's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame this summer. I'm going to get every silver equivalent of the big basketball cards. And yeah. I did. Um, yeah. I, I got desensitized to it really quick. <laughs> but, the, but those are the fun things when you, like, think that. And maybe I'll be right, and maybe I'll be wrong. But the process yeah. is the most fun part. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, like, when you have an idea – and you get in there and you're just like frantic and like,
1: I gotta, I gotta do this before someone else taps into this idea this is the fun part. Now, definitely for me, at least it's made for some things where you just like bidding, 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 buying, 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 and then you, you see an alert and you're like, yep. And then you're like, oh shit, that's not the one I wanted. That was, uh, wait, that's not even the right thing. And like now it comes and it's, but the, uh, yeah, it's intoxicating. I mean, like, and it's funny you talk to people and like the amount of time, doesn't matter like what they're working on. It's like the amount of time where it's just like that takes over and it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, you, you see these things, that's another interesting thing on social media and the internet now, it's like you can see like these things that you feel like are unique to you where you're so excited and you just watch and you see other people in the same boat. And uh, you know, it, it definitely like, it's definitely fun. The card's like, you know, it's kind of that, it's, it's that, uh, it's the unknown I think makes it exciting because some days you're like, I should be buying way more. And some days you're like, I should be selling everything. Like it's just that. <laughs> it's it's that, that constant of a <laughs> flow, right? Yeah, like I literally, and and for me, like with my personality, it's literally like, you know what? Today's the day to sell a bunch of shit. Like this is, let's, it's too much stuff. Anything that you're not, you can't explain to yourself in five seconds why you have it. Let's get rid of it. And it's like, okay, let's go on eBay then and research and uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. And and then it's like, wait, what happened? I didn't sell anything. (laughs) Instead, I just bought a bunch of more stuff. And some of which I can't explain why I bought it. Um, But it's a,
0: The thing is also two things that I've picked up in this last year of card collecting is one, if you're not selling a card, then you're technically also buying it at that price. Um, But, you know, uh, also um, if, if there's a high population of a card, you can always get another one. It's not like, you know, a signed ticket where there's only one of them that's ever been graded. Um, Yeah you know, or something super unique, like a Michael Jordan signed football with somebody random, you know, right? But yeah, um, you can always get it back in theory, especially for modern cards.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I guess the rarer, it gets harder. I mean, sometimes I think to myself, all right, why don't I just do this? Why don't I just sell, why don't I sell like my three most valuable cards? And then that basically now makes everything I have free and then some, because of you know how much they went up, and but then it's like wait, but you don't want to sell the best things, and so you're left with everything else. You know you'd be better off you're better off selling everything else than buying something else that was the best. So it's a um, yeah, but yeah, I mean it's it's so fun like, and that's why eBay's cool. And that's why, you know, it's great that all these other platforms will will come. But like, it's just the the uh, the depth and the, the quantity where you could just go down so many rabbit holes and find stuff that um you know, it's a little bit harder. Like anyone, if you try to make it the stock market, it's not really the same thing. It's like, you know, you, know, you don't want to, um, you want that hunt and you want to find, and there's so many different ways, right? You could be buying, you could just be trying to find the most obscure things that no one wants. And, and assuming that, well, at some point, everyone's going to come around to the fact that like, wait, it's not that fun to want what everyone else wants. And so you just start buying these obscure things or you could be like, well, no, this is the thing that everyone's going to, it's like, there's just a different angle every day. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, it's crazy. And it's, and it's also crazy. It's like, it's no different than when I was a kid. I mean, I would, I would trade. I remember, I still remember trading the whole collection, everything I had for all Ricky Henderson cards. I loved Ricky Henderson when I was a kid. And then I remember going to Stamps in the Attic which was my local store and just buying like, um, just filling up pages in my binder of like whatever player, like I'd think like, Oh, Brett Saber I want all his rookies, you know, or I'd be like, Oh, Willie McGee. I want all Willie McGee rookies. And I just like go home and I'd be like, probably tell my parents, look what I, what, how was, what'd you do at the card shop today? Cause I could walk there. What, what are you doing? Why do you have so many Willie? Oh, cause. And then you, and then you start thinking, yeah, you know, what am I doing? Which I think is an interesting thing now for me is like, trying to be honest, like, what am I doing? Am I investing? Or am I collecting? I'm collecting. Or you so have just need, having
0: straight up fun.
1: Yeah. But like, I don't need a hundred of one car, you know, like, like, what am I trying to do here? Like, so I think the times that it uh, could be good or bad is sometimes when I'm, when you're trying to load up on, um, on one card, it's two different approaches. Whereas if you just if you just picking stuff you want, then you're not as aware of the price. It doesn't really matter if it goes up or down. It's like hey, I just wanted this. And really, um, yeah, maybe maybe I'll look and think, oh, I should have sold at the peak. But wait, if my goal was to collect it, then that urgency of selling is not really there anymore. It's almost like a why would I sell it? Whereas if I'm if I'm buying a bunch of them trying to time it right, then every day you're thinking. Oh, did I miss the window
0: to sell it? Did I miss the window to sell it? So collecting is the most fun part. Yeah, I mean, that that latter example is just like a day trader of cards. But then again, I do think it is also important to always try to pick things that are appreciating assets in case one day you want to start a company and, you know, you yeah. would have like the, for most people, you wouldn't have the funds otherwise, just to be yeah. able to pull out of those collections and be able to repurpose that, you know, so buying things that are, are liquid and appreciating yeah really? i do think that's cool
1: i do think sometimes of like you know it'd be cool. It'd be cool to, it'd be cool well sometimes it'd be a cool story and i go wait who am i talking who am i trying to tell a story to myself or someone else because like but it would be cool <laughs> to know like like you know instead of going out and raising money you bought these cards or spending your own you bought these cards and then that card, those cards turned into enough to basically be the equivalent of raising like around my buddy be, jack that's pretty he awesome did
0: that he did that he's Good? starting he's starting a sports card um related company. It's not it's not an actual card company. It's like a card data company. And yeah. he got all the money by buying and selling cards. Nice.
1: I, I listened to your uh when I was driving down here in Santa Barbara and right I I was listening to the guy you had on from I think it was the last time the guy you had on from uh stance. I think he worked at Stance or, oh, or, or yeah, somewhere yeah.
0: else.
1: And it was funny because I was listening to that and I was thinking I wish I would. like he he was so into um these memories right and like he was a story, i guess he was he's like telling stories he saw These so yeah. many things and i was kind of like man i wish i i wish i could like remember details and like take the time to like enjoy these memories and replay them but i it was it was interesting when i was listening to it and i was like but listening to this guy i'm clearly not that interested in my memory you know like i'm it was a that's why i think these podcasts are so great because you're listening to people and you're like the way like the way he the way he thinks and, and tells his story about these past events is like he has so much like passion for the past and I was like, I don't have that right. like, I, like I really should you know I should set my game up. I should be able to fuck it if someone asked me a question about that was I should be able to make it sound so exciting and make it sound but it, like to me it's like it's so long ago, you know it's like the past like I want to talk about tomorrow I want to talk about you know I could talk about yesterday. What I want to talk about tomorrow. But it was interesting. I don't even know what that had to do with anything. I think you were talking about friends and it reminded me when I was driving down. I was like, No, it's
0: it's totally true though. Um, but that that's that's the thing. Like I I like to document everything, right? And that's why this podcast good, so why social media is good. Because it's all out there and I have drop boxes and I scan all of the notes that I write so that it's saved forever. I put them on multiple hard drives, they're in different cities, like. I'm good. Uh, But the reason I do that is so that I don't have to think about my memories. My memories are taken care of. You know, I have vlogs on YouTube from when I was 15, my whole life. Like the first time I met Gary Vaynerchuk when I was 14 or 15, it's on his YouTube channel. Like it's, it's just out there in a way that I'm incredibly, I know I will be incredibly grateful for one day um, because it's sort of self done and, you know, I think that's great. I don't I, I don't. I don't really. Um, you know, I love great storytelling, and that's why I love uh, Tzvi so much. Um, but I am, I think, probably more like you in the sense of, you know, focusing on right now. <laughs> like yeah. I care about this conversation and how can this conversation benefit everybody listening, you and me, for a while. You yeah,
1: know?
0: I wish like when we talk about examples like, we always have some like group
1: emails where it's like who has pictures like i mean were, you know, have all these random pictures and it takes does take you back but back then it was take a pic get a pic you know get the get the picture developed or it's like True. maybe we have like some old like i have i have like some old computers um in storage that probably on the hard drive there's probably some images but there's really not that many it's actually a little disappointing there's not that many pictures or like i don't have many pictures of college i don't have many pictures of of like Zappos like I don't have many pictures of all those things which would be would be fun to have but you have them at some point and you just move and you left them you know they're actually a physical thing so that is the cool thing is is being able to I would love to go back and think like um, what was I thinking because I wasn't like you know it wasn't like a hey this is awesome it was like stressful so, you know I remember like um, passing my anxiety on to my parents a lot calling them and being like I can't do this, like I suck, like this isn't working and this is never gonna be, you know, we put all this time into it, it's never gonna work out, it's never gonna pay off, it's never gonna this. And I would like, I would like to hear all that again. And like, remember, you know, and understand like, the context of like, what was, what was I, was I stupid? Like, what was I thinking or, right. oh, wow. Like, you know, that was a struggle. It wasn't like, you know, we, we did think we were gonna go out of business. We could go out of business tomorrow the whole time. You know, I mean, I remember, I remember even after I left, I would talk to a couple of the early people and they're like, and when you left and from afar, you're like, dude, okay. And they'd be like, yeah, it was this and they could put the whole thing. And I'm like, hey, I don't think you have to worry about like going out of business tomorrow anymore. You know, like that's not gonna, that's not an option. But it, for us, it was, you know, we, we did a billion dollars in sales. We're barely making a profit. So it was always like, um, you were always concept. at the mercy of your, yeah, at your credit line or, or some, something it's bursting and, and putting the whole thing in jeopardy, but it would be great to. It would be great to um to have that stuff doc if you could just get rid of all the like drunken debauchery stuff and not have that stuff live on anywhere else. <laughs> right.
0: right, but yeah, yeah. You have some stuff, though. So you just gotta save that well, and then also like you could, in theory, like take do a zoom with you know some early people and talk about some of the memories to refresh things that you don't have and then save those. Uh, I went back um a few years ago, I want for that, just, just because of that, I went back and I did a podcast with um,
1: with Fred and Tony. I said, hey, I just wanna, let's just, let's just talk through our memories of the beginning, just oh, so like- That's, that's amazing
0: it. that you had that.
1: Yeah, because it was getting, I'm like, it's getting, that was probably four or five years ago. I'm like, it's getting so far away already. Like, let's get it now so that we have like some of that. Um, but the um, I should find I should figure out where that is. I had it at the time. I don't know what I did with it. Um, find find that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, cool. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was fun chatting. I forgot what, what we were doing. I was just I was just uh, uh, rambling away.
0: The, the last thing: How can people uh, download Vover? Who should they follow on Vover, and why yeah. should they? Why I mean, I, I can I can give a very thirty second synopsis, but. Um you know our our mutual friend Carson, uh, who was the one who introduced us who's a legend yep um, he told me about this cool new app that is doesn't take all the time that clubhouse does but is sort of like the Twitter for audio um, and told me about you we connected um i'm now doing a ton of overs, and um yeah, I, I recommend everybody download it but why and 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 how. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they can download it at Uh, uh It's in the Play, Apple or it's in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Um, you know, I thought it was an opportunity to short-form audio, right? Where you, um, you know, podcast is just so much emphasis on one one conversation like this. But you know, if we could have something where, as you have thoughts, you could just jump in, document them. Whether it's for yourself, you could just set everything private and just kind of document your own thoughts. You can organize thoughts into playlists um, and just kind of create it for yourself, or you can, you know, share your thoughts with other listeners, or you can just listen, listen to other people's thoughts. You can, even if you don't want to speak, you can still be a curator, take a bunch of thoughts and and create playlists with it. Uh, We have shows, I'm just trying to set the tone, you know, so we'll have some shows that are anywhere from three to 15 minutes um, on a variety of topics. Um, But yeah, you can download it over audio, get in there, get some thoughts, it's still a work in progress, still adding features. Um, still adding shareability stuff. And, um, we got some, some cool ideas in the future of, of different things you can do where you can put context. So, you know, you write something and you don't really have the context. You can't tell the tone, but with, uh, with audio, you can, um, you can get something across a I minute. Mean, it's a lot of, a lot of time. If you actually, if you actually use it. Um, and you can, um, those are my train of thought, but yeah, you can, um, yeah, share your thoughts, hear other people's thoughts. You can respond, you hear something interesting, you can respond with audio as well. So you can have a conversation, but you don't have to be there. You don't have to worry about missing it. You can replay it. Everything auto plays together. So I could go to you know, Buster's page and, and just push play and listen to everything he, he has to say.
0: Um, much, more, much more succinct than a than an hour, 45 minute podcast, but you know there's, yeah. there's good things for, for both of them. Yeah,
1: and we also have another app, Green Park, Green Park Sports. Um, which I'm one of the co-founders in, and that's a, uh, a sports metaverse uh, kind of a, may the best fan win is the slogan. So you can go in there, you make predictions, there's mini games, we have a, uh, an obstacle course where as you're running through this obstacle course, uh, you've got a little green uh, character, that's running through, you're answering questions about a game last night, like, you know, what happened last night in this game, and that's how you get through some of the obstacles and play. Um, and that one's, we just launched NBA, uh league of legends um and got a a league coming so much stuff and then hey if you want to work out you can um go check out a dozen boxing soon to be rebranded as dozen fight club so it's just an audio workout you do from home put on some headphones daniel cormier uh ufc uh former ufc champions uh co-founder in that so one of your teammates in your ear just trying to make you feel like you're working out with a team when you're when you're working out at home i gotta try that man you got
0: to, no, was it? No days off seas. You got to- uh, Days off seas, man. Got to um, get you going on it. You're you're at Nick on Vover, right? Oh yeah, sorry. At Nick on Vover.
1: Um, you should probably follow Buster, at Buster. Um, we've got a card show.
0: Um, there's NBA show, like soccer shows, all sorts of stuff. And also, wink, wink, if you're listening to this near the time that we put it out, you can probably get a really good username. So I would do it now rather That's than- That's true. Later. <laughs> a lot of first names available. A lot of first names. Uh, all right, brother. Thanks so much for doing this, man. This was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. I, can, I, could, uh, I could talk for hours. Awesome. All right, everybody. See you next time.
1: Peace.